Welcome, everybody, back to Friar Talk. Today, we're talking here. Um, rough, rough series against the Brewers. I mean, I came into it, Chase. I don't know if you saw this. I said if it's not a if it's not a three one series win, it's a disappointing series. What do the Padres do? They lose a series one to three. So obviously a huge disappointment here. Um, but we got to see a lot of you know up and downs from this offense from this pitching staff today. Completely wasted a gem by you, Darvish. He goes what seven innings, struck out struck out twelve guys. I want to say. Allows one run. Meanwhile, we get shut out by Wade Miley and then a couple guys out of the pen. Um, but overall, I mean, this was just – I think this was a very, very frustrating showcase of this team. And I feel like we're very, very early in the season. We're 17 games in, so it's like, what, 10, 10% of the way through the season. So very small piece of the pie, um, just barely under 500. But this is a team that has World Series aspirations. This is a team that's supposed to be really good. So, of course, you're going to see a lot of frustration when this is the case. I feel like – now, maybe not. Maybe it makes it better. But, like, just in my head, I feel like it makes it, like, almost worse in a way that Fernando's in AAA just going insane. Five home runs in two games. Then he had another home run today. So he's had, what, six and three games. Ridiculous. Um, so I feel like that kind of, like, hurts it a little bit where it's like, damn, like – and then Fernando's just going off. He's super hot, and we're just not getting that. Um, but overall, I mean, this was a rough series. So – we're going to talk about Soto in a little bit here because I feel like he's a pretty big part of this whole conversation just because he went hitless in the series. Now, he did walk like five times. He did get on base a lot, but we're seeing his struggles at the plate. He's in like a buck 70 right now. So we'll talk about him in a little bit. But Chase, overall from the team, from this series, what are you kind of looking at? Like, And I feel like you're probably feeling a little bit disappointed as well, but what are your overall thoughts right now? Why are the bats so inconsistent? I mean, I think that's like the first thought here is, well, you put up three and you lose because the bullpen couldn't hold, uh, you lose by four because the bullpen couldn't hold it down. Okay. Friday, bats disappear. Michael Waka had a horrible start by any standard you can look at. You, your offense scores 10 yesterday. And they put up zero against Wade Miley in the bullpen today. And Wade Miley is a lefty. And normally you have guys that kill lefties in the lineup and couldn't even put up one. So at one point, you know, Soto struggling. The bullpen is struggling. You need something to come together to win some baseball games before, you know, you know you're going to win some when Tatis gets back and when Musgrove gets back in, what, four or five days now. But you don't get a day off until what next week, if that next Tuesday. So you're basically banking on you got to at least win four out of the next six. And if you don't, something is seriously wrong with this team because outside, I know we have a very top heavy rotation. Blake Snell is not going to be the greatest pitcher of all time until. Second half where, for some reason, you know, as soon as July hits, he's like an all-star. All-star break, Blake Snell is best pitcher on the earth. Until then, well, we know what we're going to get. He's going to struggle. He's not going to have any control over his pitches. He's going to give up a ton of runs. He's maybe going to go five innings at the most. Nick Martinez is struggling a little bit. Uh, Really need him to go back to the bullpen because the bullpen is struggling. I mean, we just brought up uh, Reese Kinnear again. I don't know if he pitched today. But 
you know, he's more of like a middle reliever kind of guy. You don't want to put him in a big time situation. I mean, the guys that we have in big time situations, Luis Garcia hasn't been living up to what he did last year. He's been struggling. Hater's been like the only consistent part of this bullpen. And that isn't great either because Chris Maris been getting rocked when he was in basically the MVP to the Padres the other year just because he was doing everything he could. Like if we were losing a game, he would go out there for three innings. If we needed him in a big time moment, he'd get us out of there and then go the next inning. We don't have any other guy that's been really consistent other than Hater. So if you can't win with your bats, you got to win with pitching in the bullpen, but you can't do that because you either have a pitcher that is very inconsistent, a guy who is a fringe starter who probably should be back in the bullpen, or a guy that just can't pitch three months out of the season. Yeah, and, and we've talked about that. And also, like, if you kind of look at, look at it in terms of, like, I, I, I'll start with Blake Snell. I'll get to other stuff in a second here, but if you look at it from a Blake Snell perspective, also like that's probably why they haven't extended him is because he's just so insanely inconsistent. Basically every other guy has been extended. That's been here for a while. Um, whether you like the extensions or don't or what your thoughts are, I, I would say one other guy in the bullpen that's been pretty good is Steven Wilson. Steven Wilson's actually been a stud, um, especially since like kind of like, he, you know, he was a guy that got called up really late in his career and then he got called up and then he, he struggled quite a bit at first, I want to say. Like, he was very up and down when he first came in the league. So he's kind of like, he's been a lot better where it almost seems like he might have, might be beating Garcia out for, for a setup man role. And when we see when slash if Robert Suarez comes back, maybe, you know, Robert Suarez is eighth inning guy. Maybe Steven Wilson's even the seventh inning guy. Uh, but overall, I mean, this team, it's, like I said, it's super early, but like we shouldn't have an inconsistent offense. We shouldn't have an offense that goes out there and Wade Miley throws seven scoreless against. And you start looking at the lineup. We can take out Machado. Machado is going to be fine. He's he's struggling right now, but it, I'm not worried about Machado at all. That That's not a guy I'm concerned about in any capacity. Um, and even like though he's been struggling, he hasn't been like an awful part of the offense or anything. He just hasn't been that great. Um, but then you look at it, Soto, not doing well, right? Grisham, Grisham's, I would be happy if Grisham could do this at a cons- like all year. If Grisham can hit low 200s, show a lot of pop and get on base and have like a mid 700 OPS. That's, I'm happy with that. Sign me up for that. Um, Bogart's monster, Nelson Cruz monster. And then outside of that, I mean, Kim, I guess has been all right, but then outside of that, it's like not. You're not really getting much from anyone. So, like I said, Soto struggled. Cronenworth had really struggled up until yesterday. He had, what is it, Friday off, and then he kind of came back, and it's like, okay, he's back in the swing of things. Um, but Crone does that a lot. Crone is a really up-and-down hitter th- throughout the the whole season. Like, it's very hot and cold. Um, Nola, Nola's been awful. He actually like, got on base a couple times the last two days. Um, but still, I don't think anyone's expecting much of Nola at this point. And then you have right field, which I don't know why Azokar's just not starting every game. Do, do you feel the same way about as me, Chase? Because the right field spot, like them waiting for Fernando, I, I saw a stat like it was last week, so I don't know how accurate it was. But they had basically got like a handful of hits and had like the worst positional unit of like anyone in the league in, is that right field spot with like the combination they put out there. Mm-hmm. But um, And then one other guy, Matt Carpenter, he's he's been – He's been struggling a lot. 
Um, I don't know what, what do you think about, what do you think about Juan Soto where he's at? Cause, and also someone who was it earlier, Wolf said it had a quote or not a quote, but he said that Soto was basically yeah. quoted saying like having some question marks about the hitting, hitting coaches, which I feel like we've talked about the hitting coaches a lot, especially in past seasons, just like Padres hitting coaches are never good and they're always changing a bunch. Um, but what's your thoughts with, with Soto and kind of the struggles and looking into the, the hitting coaches as well? Or just hitting coach staff. I don't know how many times we have to keep saying it. You need more hitting coaches. You can't rely on one, maybe two guys. Every great team out there that has revitalized hitters' careers, they have like six or seven guys. They're very analytical. They they know what they're looking for. They know what they're going to do. And plus, they've been there a couple years to know around the guys. The Padres, okay, well, obviously, this hitting coach didn't work. We're going to fire him and only hire another one. Fire him again in the offseason because, obviously, it didn't work. We hire a new guy, and that's how it's been for, like, the past five years. We've never had a consistent hitting coach. He's never had any assistance to help, you know, the 13 guys that are going to be hitting. You can't analyze 13 different swings over the majority of the season by yourself. You need help. Having five, six guys, having two guys assigned to one hitting coach throughout the year and having them report to the main guy, that's sort of how you should be doing this, but the Padres don't. And right now with Juan Soto, he knows that he's, I think he said he's pulling off or pulling himself off of his swing and the hitting coaches just don't know how to fix that right now. And they're, telling him what he's doing wrong, but they haven't offered him a solution from what that article said, which just goes to show you that the Padres hitting coach situation is just very inconsistent. I mean, I see someone saying more of our players should use driveline. Yeah, that would be great. But at the same time, you know, you got to trust our own coaching staff. But when they can't do their job, it makes it a little bit more difficult. What's driveline? So uh, I think it's based in like NorCal. Driveline is like a training facility that uses a bunch of like statistics and or analytics and like a lot of biomechanical things to either one, increase power, increase velocity. They look at, you know, how you create spin on a ball, what pitches best suit you. So they like revamp like pitchers' careers. Uh, a lot of pitchers that have gone to driveline have gone on to increase their velocity, increase their stuff. I mean, it's good. They they do wonders. Um, there also has been, like, some injuries linked to your driveline, so I know it's not always the most popular thing to do. Gotcha. I just hadn't heard of that. Um, yeah, and we and you're talking about the, pitch, the hitting coaches. Another thing with this, they actually have – two hitting coaches right now, except not really two hitting coaches. They have two assistant hitting coaches and no one true hitting coach. They have a pitching coach in Ruben Diabla. They have, let's look at the staff. They have a bullpen. They, oh, that's bullpen catcher. They have, I mean, they have a catching coach. I want to see if they have any other pitching coaches besides Diabla. Oh, they have Ben Fritz, the bullpen coach. Um, they have like other assistants and stuff, but they don't have, I mean, it's true. Like they don't have that many assistant coaches that are like super notable um it, it it is a weird thing too and it's like 
this was this. It's interesting because like we've talked about this with the Padres the last two seasons that their hitting is super up and down game to game. Like we like this is the prime example of what I feel like anyone that's been watching the last two three years of like this kind of core has seen they will go and have a game. What they score yesterday? Ten runs, right? It was ten runs, right? Yeah, ten runs. They go from ten runs to no runs. Their offense is crazy sporadic. So this is what we'd see all the time last year. The offense seems to break out. The offense seems to break out. And then they would go crazy one game. They'd have 20 hits. They'd put up 12 runs, something like that. And then, boom, next series, they'd be quiet. They'd score four combined runs. And we'd be like, what is going on? There's no consistency. So it's it's the same thing that we've kind of been talking about. And I feel like kind of discussing how the Padres function with their hitting coaches. Juan Soto bringing up that it's an issue. It se- I mean, that seems like an issue to me. If he's getting quoted or talked about in Sports Illustrated articles about, I don't want to say he's like blasting the hitting coaches or anything like that. It's definitely not like that. But he's still discussing like there's issues there. So that's ultra concerning. Um, now, I did see a bunch of comments about some people saying to uh, to fire, uh, not fire, but like some people saying Bob Melvin could be fired, could be on the hot seat, stuff like that. What do you think about that, Chase? Do you think there's there's any chance that could actually be the case? Yeah, no. I mean, Bo Mel took us to the NLCS. When was the last time the Padres were in the NLCS, guys? And he did it without Nando. He did it with only three true starters because you couldn't rely on Clevenger. Yeah, I know sometimes he made a couple more mistakes. I mean, what managers done? Dave Roberts takes the Dodgers to the NLCS almost every single year. They make these playoffs every single year. And people still want him fired. I mean, I kind of agree more with that because I think Dave Roberts can get a little too analytical in the playoffs and he doesn't let their players who pass the eye test stay in, especially considering starters. And, you know, you can look at like Kevin Cash with the analytics, you know, oh, we take Blake Snell at because he's facing the Dodgers the third time around, even though Blake Snell is pitching the best game of his life right now. You know, when you make a mistake like that, yeah, you can talk about they did the wrong thing. Bomo so far hasn't made any decisions that bad. Yes, the lineup is very inconsistent, but at least there has been consistency in the lineup of where guys are hitting. It's not like we had a tingler where, okay, you know what? This guy's hitting third, and now he's hitting seventh, and now he's hitting th- There's at least a consistent build to the lineup that if the players perform as they should, this lineup will be unstoppable. Guys just aren't hot at the same time right now, and that's not Bo Mel's fault. Some of the bullpen decisions, yeah, you can argue like. But then it's not truly his fault either because you had Luis Garcia last year who you could put in the seventh or eighth inning and he'd perform. He would have a lockdown inning. But when guys aren't performing like Luis Garcia did last year and coming in and blowing games or the Bill Christmas having a really rough start to the season – that's out of his control. He made the right call, but the players aren't performing right now. I think we got to give him some leeway where guys just aren't performing. It sucks. I don't want to admit it either. Some of the guys from last year are having a serious regression this year, and we don't know if it's going to 
either they're going to fix themselves down the season or, you know, it's just a small slump right now. Only time will tell. But Bomo should definitely not be fired. That's just y'all are overreacting. I agree. I, I think so, too. And, and I don't think there's any chance that, that happens now or anytime soon or there's any like real conversations inside the building about that um i'll say i'm not like i'll be honest i'm not super concerned about the padres struggling i just am trying to figure out why this is always the issue because i feel like i feel like we've we've criticized a lot of guys on the team and the organization and stuff like that um we've definitely ripped preller a lot I would still probably credit Seidler more with building the Padres how they are than Preller necessarily, but I think Preller has done some good. I think he's done some bad. I think the Padres organization does some things really well. I think they do other. They, they have other issues that, like for instance, developing players. They cannot develop players. Having consistent hitting coaches, having having a one guy like stay for like two years, um, and definitely not the pitching side though. It's weird. Like they seem to do really well, and that's maybe that's to their ballpark. Maybe that's something like that. I, I don't know, but that's something that's been consistent throughout all of our lives. Basically you take out the 2020 season every single time the Potters have had an offense. It's probably been below average for the course of the season. Is that not true? Chase has there been one season that we've ever watched in our lives besides the, the COVID year where they've had, a, they've had an offense that graded out as above average. Cause I don't think it did last year. And there's, there's no way that it did in 2021 after that fall off. That 2021 fall off was historic, to say the least. I don't think a team has struggled as much as the Padres did in 2021 in the second half. That was an abysmal collapse. Last year, you could maybe argue it, but even then, it was mainly Manny Machado. You'd have like Kim get hot for a couple games. You'd have Grish get hot for a week and then disappear for a month and a half. I think I'm dead. Wait, am I? Hello. I don't know. You're kind of you're kind of up and down right there for a second. Wait, are you back? I disappeared for a second. I'm not. I I got the circles. (laughs) I'm back. Like I was saying, like Andy Machado was like the only consistent player last year. Will Myers would have his hot streaks. Grisham would have his hot streaks, but Grisham would disappear for months at a time. Cronenworth had a down year. God forbid Eric Cosmer. Um, Nola was down. I mean, you could not. Yeah, no, you can't say last year's offense was above average. They would have their series where they would go off. But outside of that, there were games where they would disappear for games at a time. And a lot of times we were talking about this. It doesn't necessarily feel like this anymore just because the lineup is on paper a lot more deep. Um, but it was like, all right, is Manny Machado going to drive in some guys? No? Well, the offense isn't going to show up. Sorry, guys. And it was like literally on Manny every single game to kind of ball out. Um, I feel like this is a good this is a good one. Kind of backing up where I said I'm not super concerned. Cardinals are seven nine. Phillies are six and ten. Now we'll say that the Phillies actually have some issues. The Phillies are not. I, I don't know if they're still like the same caliber team that they were last year. Now when Harper comes back, if they're they pitching to be a little bit healthy, huh? So they legit don't have starters. We have starters. Yeah, Our that's that's the biggest issue. Is the bag. 
Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know if the Phillies, I mean, they're a winning team, but like that, that's more like injury related. I would say with them, the Cardinals seven, nine, that's a good example that we'll see. I don't know. Isaac, and we're kind of all a little bit lower on the Cardinals and like consensus MLB fans, I would say, um, just because they usually just beat up on easy opponents all the time. Um, they don't really have that. But a couple good questions here. Okay. This one from JDS. If the team goes below 500 for the season, should Bowmel and Tingler, <laughs> AJ Tingler, Preller stay? Um, I think one would be fired because that would be one of the biggest disappointments in like a long time for baseball. Like, I don't know if they would do both. They could, they easily could, but I think it would be one. What do you think? I think it would depend on what Preller did at the deadline. If he stayed, because if Preller tried to fix the situation with a very short term, a short term thing, like we have known Preller will burn the farm to get what he wants in order to think what whatever he wants to win. Has it worked all the time? Absolutely not. There have been some trades where we look back and we're like, that burned us a lot. We could have really used those players because they turned into something special. And at the same time, Preller does find talent way better than other GMs. The guy has an eye for talent like no other. However, Adrian Preller also has not developed a system for the Padres which can develop that talent into the MLB, a smooth transition. The only guy we can say that has truly transitioned into the MLB to be a solid player is Tatis. And even then, Tatis is just supernatural and other world. He probably would have turned out the same for any other team just because he's that damn talented. Outside of that, you have Cronenworth who basically got traded to the Padres and then Eric Hosmer got hurt and he started right away because he was the next guy up. Didn't develop him. Maybe Ozokar. Um, you could say we don't Kim in a way. Him. But even then, Kim was... It's different. It's not the same thing. It's not like he went up to your farm system. Yeah, like their next best shot is Campusano, which... It looked like he was going to get the starting until he jammed his finger uh, on a warm-up pitch. So don't know what's going to happen with him. It was supposed to be Mejia. Mejia never got the starting chance. We saw Renfro come and go. Renfro still, like, he has his Renfro, games where, like... Actually, dude, Renfro is actually probably the second-best example, huh? Because Renfro, like, developed... Like, he's consistently got better other places, too. But, like... yeah. He was developed, and he was – he was. I, I always thought Renfro was solid. I, I, like, he had issues. Like, he did not walk when he was a Padre. He, he does a little bit more. But he was all right. It wasn't like he the wasn't a major back to the Yeah. Yeah. That's no, true. Like, pitching-wise. Yeah. I like McConaughey's comment here. Do you like this one, Chase? This one's good. Yeah. I'll even toss it up for him. Yeah, we, um, we let go of a few guys. Yeah, Wolf says Tati started with the White Sox, but but he didn't get developed. He was so young. Like, yeah, he was it, so it, young. That's different. He got traded at what seventeen? Or eight? Yeah, I mean, he was super. It was he was basically fully developed by the Padres. Um, trying to see what else. Okay, uh, Corbin Dallas says this. I think this is good. I don't like how they have uh, four All Star hitters hitting one through four, and then five through nine, you really get anything going. 
Cronworth got the off- offense going Saturday, though. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's look at okay, let's look at this when Tatis comes back, right? You're going to have Tatis 1, seems like Machado 2, Soto 3, Bogarts 4, probably Nelson Cruz, right? Is Nelson Cruz 5? Because he's playing a lot better than Carpenter. And maybe if Carpenter starts playing better, but I think you're probably going to go Nelson Cruz 5, Crone 6, Kim 7, Catcher 8, Grish 9, right? If you have Campy hitting 8th, it seems a lot deeper. It seems a lot deeper. Just because it's like, yeah, you know, Grish can be either you're going to get some dope shit from Grish or it's going to be like, God damn, dude, this guy just keeps going up there looking to strike three. It's one or the other. Um, but it, it, it's a little different right now because like with the off days and stuff and like with guys moving in and out, I mean, I went to a game. I went to the Mets game on Wednesday, right? And the bottom three of the order was um, was Nola at seven. Oh fuck, dude! I gotta remember. I gotta look it up. It was it was really bad. the The bottom three was like horrible. Let me find it. So while you look that up, yeah, I'm gonna. You either get the Grisham that you get today, zero for four with three strikeouts, or you get the Grisham that was you know playoff Grisham against the Mets, where he just hits bombs and turns into the reincarnation of Barry Bonds that can play center field. There's no in between. And the problem is, is the consistency between I'm going to hit a lot of home runs and actually slug to I'm going to disappear and strike out every single at bat is it either goes for like two weeks at a time or two months at a time. It's like there's not a lot of consistency with Grish. Yeah, no, it's it's rough. Um, Kind comment from JDS. Thank you. <laughs> um so I looked at it right. This was Wednesday's lineup. I, I I got to pay my money to go see the Padres roll at these three guys. This is rough. We had oh god, not sorry, I lost it. <laughs> Nola. Did you see this? One sec. Nola Odor Dixon. Bro, what is that? Oh, that's right. I forgot they started Dixon. So it was like I was like, dude, yeah, this isn't a deep lineup. This is not a deep lineup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I don't know, man. It was just like, oh, it was. It was just like that's the lineup that you're rolling out. We're not going to see that too much, though. So I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I don't know. that's kind of where I'm at. But yeah, what else? Was... What else are you thinking? Pitching wise, Darvish, Beast, Lugo, Waka. It, okay, one thing that's going to be interesting is to see how the Padres back into the rotation looks like, because right now it does not seem like Martinez is going to be a starter for much longer. Lugo Walker. Dude, Weathers is, Weathers is, I mean, we're going to see he pitches tomorrow. He's got a, he's got a nice, nice one, him against uh, Freed. And then the next game day, Chase, do you want to know who we get? Actually, let's, let's look into this series. The next day, we're lucky, dude. We get Strider versus Snell. (laughs) I'll be honest, guys, looking at, okay, looking into this, this Brave series, it's, yeah, it's Freed versus Weathers. Granted, Weathers has played well. And then it's Strider versus Snell. And then it's Martinez versus, um, Morton, Charlie Morton. Yep. So on paper, if you look at those, you're going to go, okay. 
Padres are going to win one of the three. It's going to be the third game. So what that means, since this is baseball and this is how it works, we're taking two or three against the Braves, and it's going to be the first two, and then we're going to get shut out by Charlie Morton. Are you ready for it? You know it's coming, right? Hmm. I see. I, I'm, I'm going to go a different route here. I'm going to go. We win the first one. Snell does his Snell thing where he can't pitch at all, and we lose the second one. And Spencer Schreider sh- like shuts us out, and then Nick Martinez just goes off for like seven and ten strikeouts, and we win. But it, I think it all depends on how Ryan Weathers pitches tomorrow. I I'm kind of scared because he's done good so far. Brave, that Braves offense is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like – yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not – you're right. I'm not going to say that we're going to have a chance to win that snow game. <laughs> oh, man, dude. He looked bad. He looked bad. Except, to be fair, when I went to the game, Soto completely misplayed a fly ball, and that led to two – I want to say two runs that inning. And it was like, dude, like – And, like, Snell got screwed on that one. So, there was that. Pete Alonso absolutely, absolutely mashed one. And then, also, Blake Snell came out again. I think it was for the sixth inning, and he was at, like, 90-something pitches. And it was like, dude, why is Blake Snell coming out, back out for the six? And then he, like, immediately came out and walked two guys. It was like, yeah, what do you think? He, like, walked two guys on, like, ten pitches, I want to say. It was rough, dude. Yeah. I was like, yeah, what were you, what were you doing? And they- at 103 pitches, it's like oh, awesome. Um, there should be like a pull away signs in the dugout. Like, did Blake Snell get you five innings before July? Pull down if yes. Yes. Are you thinking about sending him out for the sixth? Pull down if yes. Yes. Just plastered the fucking notes of early season Snell. Like, his ERA is from May, April, May, June. And then say, absolutely pull him. Don't care what the pitch count is. Yep, and keep them in, as you were saying. Save up all those yeah. pitches to the end of the season. I mean, might as well, Save, honestly. Yeah. If you get five out of Snell early season, it is a miracle, and pull him. Yeah, and it's like that. that's a win in itself right there. Um, yeah, so for this – okay, for this matchup, what do you want to see from this offense? Like specifics, not like, uh, not like oh, I want to see him put up some runs because obviously that's the case. But is there like anything that you really want to see? I feel like I want to hear hitters actually hit against left-handed pitching. Nelson Cruz is good against lefties. Machado is good against lefties. Ozo Carr is supposed to hit good against lefties. Kim is supposed to hit good against lefties. We need to put up some runs against the left-handed pitcher at, or at least have some plate discipline. We can't have, you know, Wade Miley going seven innings against us. If we want to get, if we want to win against the Braves, we either have to, you know, not hit for power against Freed, where I at least get guys in scoring position and knock in a couple runs, or at least get him out of the game early. Take pitches, be selective. I know Juan Soto isn't hitting right now, but hell, at least he's walking and working the count. You know, we need that. <laughs> so I'm just laughing at some of these comments too. Yeah, I'm um, laughing at what yeah, it is true. Like hitting lefties is not the Padres' specialty. I mean, wait, dude, wait, wait, Miley cooked this today. 
Also, shout out you, Chase. Yeah, Chase, your mileage is for some reason, but we can't hit against them to save our lives. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this series looks like. I think, um, I feel like I, I don't know if this is gonna be a pretty series. I'll be honest. Like, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but that's just what I I think. I, I still am not too concerned about the the future of the season. Um, I think this is easily a playoff team. Now, I don't think that the division's going to – it's just like clearly going to be a winner. Obviously, the Dodgers are there. Um, Diamondbacks. Chase, okay, what do you think about the Diamondbacks? Do you think they can make the playoffs? I, I bet they're over. Just going to put that out there. I bet they're over because it was like 78 or something super low. They're nice, dude. They are really, really nice. I, always, I think we were always saying, you know, the Diamondbacks could be just like a sneaky good team, like, they have some really interesting pieces that if those pieces come together, they're going to be a good team. And so far, they are putting up runs. Zach Gallen's doing his thing. They've had some really good pitching performances. They can be scary. I don't know how long it's going to last. It, they could do what, what was it, the 2021 Braves, not Braves, Giants did, where on paper you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, they're not that good of a team. They're going to fall off eventually and just never fall off. So I think it's going to be all matter on whether or not their pitching can stay healthy because I know sometimes they deal with a little bit of injuries. And, yeah. you know, why do you still have Madison Bumgarner pitching? Send that dude to the bullpen. He's trash. He's cooked. His arm is gone. Stop sending him – Basically, Madison Bumgarner now is what Ryan Weathers was in 2021. You're just sending him out there to get innings and don't care how much he gets rocked. Yeah, I think um, I think another big factor, you didn't bring this up. I know you know it, but the speed, dude, their speed kills. And we, I mean, we felt it when we were watching the, the Padres Dumbback series, but I, I'm actually excited. I, um, I changed a lot of my tickets. Because uh, I got like a 20 game pack. I changed them all to like super late season to get that whole Diamondback series. So there's a Diamondback series like right at the end. It, it could be like a really, really important series. Crazy enough, this is this is bold, but it could be for the division. That would be kind of wild if it was us against the Diamondbacks, not the Dodgers. Now, I am not trying to discount the Dodgers. All right. I'm just saying that there's a, there's a possibility that that happens, especially because Dodgers pitching is a little a little weaker than I feel like past seasons. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's a good team. Also, was it Wolf said that Wolf said that Miami found a way to beat them with the pitch out? Do you think we could imply a pitch out or do you think Nola's still not getting anyone out? <laughs> See, here's the, here's the two problems. One, most of our pitchers have tremendous, like, li- like the lift of the leg. They just, their wind up or their stretch it is still super slow to get to the plate. Like Blake Snell, he has the high leg kick. And then once he gets his leg kicked down, like, yeah, he's a lefty, so he can get away with it a little bit just because, you know, you ha- either have to watch the knee pass the leg or the cleat pass the rubber, and then you can commit to it. But at the same time, with some of these guys, are you really going to risk putting them behind in the count when – Lugo and Martinez aren't especially known to be able to blow it past people. So there's that. It's going to 
pen is nola behind the plate if they uh implement a slide step is nola still going to be able to throw them out nola doesn't have the strongest of arms i don't even know if and then you know you have the whole pickoff scenario where yeah i think you can do it if you try to pick him off twice and like okay well this guy's obviously going to steal now because i can't pick him off because if i am not successful he's just getting a second anyway and if they get a little too big of a lead yeah you can pitch out but i don't know i don't think the pitch out helps nola and it helps campy but i just think with our pitchers and their leg kicks, they're so slow to the plate that the players already have a massive advantage anyway. No, it's definitely true. And, like, that's the thing. Also, like, dude, I think the solution for the runner's issue is stop playing Austin Nola. Like, seriously. Like, because that was one of the things that we were bringing up. Like, okay, well, Nola should still catch Darvish and Snell. Should he really? Because those guys have the slowest windup of anyone. That's like so. It's rough, dude. I mean, Snell, I understand. Snell, especially. I understand letting him. Yeah, I, I I understand letting him catch lefties because, like I said, they have you have to. Sure, they have the high leg kicks, but as long as the runners on first base, they have to wait until they commit home. It's not like with Darvish where. Oh God, he's picking his leg up and then he's got to kick it out and then he's making his way towards home plate. At least they have to wait until Blake Snell commits the home plate or Ryan Weathers commits the home plate. Ryan Weathers would be another good guy to let Nola catch because, one, Ryan Weathers has a really good pickoff move, and that will keep him close to the bag. And, two, I think I'd rather have Nola catching Ryan Weathers than Camposano just because it's probably one of those rare instances where Having Nola catch Ryan Weathers is probably a better thing than having uh, Luis Camposano just because Nola knows what he's doing behind the plate more. Yeah. Um, Chase, anything else you got? That's kind of the only stuff I was really thinking of. No, I meant to say this last stream, but Adley Rutschman for MVP. That man is going off. Is he really? I saw earlier on. Yeah, dude, I like he was doing. I want to. I mean, obviously they're in the division, but I, I like the players that both the Orioles and the Diamondbacks have as kind of like sleeper teams. Oh my god, he's hitting three forty. He's going. Yeah, dude. I told you he's going off, dude. Thirteen ribbies. Yeah, he's really that dude. That's crazy. He is that dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's probably going to do it. Um, my final thoughts. Rough loss. This has been a not a good start to the season for the Padres. Um, one thing to remember, Potters are playing a bunch of games in like in a row, like they're playing a lot of games in a short period of time. And they might have, we were looking to it a while back, they might have the toughest schedule to start the season of any team. And they're missing Musgrove and Tatis. And their lineup doesn't look super deep, and their their bullpen's also kind of banged up too. Like, I, I think it's gonna get a lot better. I wouldn't be too concerned now. My thought is if these problems continue to be here, if we're here in late June, early July, I mean, even just June, if we're here in June and we're talking about like, man, Soto's still really struggling, man, this lineup is still super up and down. Like, oh God, this pitching staff, like whatever it is, like it's either back in depth or bullpen, like there's issues there. 
that's when I think it's kind of like, okay, now is the time to hit the panic button. Now is it kind of be a little bit concerned, but I still fully believe in this roster. I think this roster is super stacked. I think that, I think that when you just get that initial, like you don't get that initial, like, Oh, off the gate to a super hot start. I think it's easy to look at it and be like concerned or kind of question how good the roster is. But the roster is good. The roster is insane. Like really, really good still. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned long-term, but that's kind of where I'm at. Even though this, this is no doubt in my mind, a, a rough series, a super disappointing series. Um, Cause I don't even think the Brewers are that good of a team. I really don't like, and they have a good record right now. They're like 11, five or something like that. But I don't know. I still feel that way. So Chase, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, if we continue to have these problems in June and the Padres don't really do anything to fix those problems, either by, especially with the bullpen, by either sending guys down and bringing guys up and seeing what other guys have in store. I know we haven't seen the best of Ray Kerr. We haven't seen Kevin Copps at all. I know, I don't know if they're still trying to make him a starter, but there are certain guys in the minor leagues where, you know what, maybe it's time to call him up and get some fresh blood into the bullpen because if we're still having these problems a month from now, I don't know if it's going to fix itself, you know, a couple months after that. I mean, you don't know what's up with Suarez. Pomeranz comes with another injury. So you have two guys who are supposed to be your back-end relievers, put them in any high-leverage situation, and you have two guys to replace that in, usually Chris Matt and Luis Garcia and they're not performing and you don't have anyone else other than Steven Wilson and Hater, but you specifically want to save Hater for the ninth inning because he's the only guy that's been a lock for a shutout inning. You're going to, you're gonna, yeah, Kenny Powers would be great, but um, you're going to need some fresh blood in that bullpen. I'm happy you mentioned that comment. I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just signed Kenny Powers. Yeah, I like that. And also, Chase uh, Tapia got sent down today, and Reese Kinnear got brought up. So, seven. Uh, he didn't pitch that. He ended up not pitching. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably going to do it. I agree. I would like to see some new guys in the pen. I think that's kind of step one. Because Kinnear's been all right when he's come up, so maybe we see him in kind of a specific bullpen role. Maybe he looks a lot better. Um, maybe he's able, I don't know, kind of ramp it up in velocity a little bit to be a, like just be a little bit better. I mean, we, we see that with a lot of guys when they come up, when they come in, like when they make the transition to the bullpen, it's just a lot better for their career. So hopefully that's the case with him. Um, all right, final thing. Call up AJ Brown. I always loved that AJ Brown was technically drafted by the Padres. Pretty cool. Have him um, in yeah. a – do like a two center fielders and then have Soto in left. So imagine AJ Brown in left center and then Grish in right center. And they just cover 75% of the field so that Soto mainly just focuses on the foul line and doesn't have to guard that or defend that much. All right, dude, you got this little spot. Well, bro, that happened with Grisham the other day, and Soto almost ran into him. That was the, That's what happened in the Mets game. Soto, dude, this ball is like – okay, you know when a ball – sorry, I, I got to do one more tangent before you go. This ball – okay, like, you know it gets hit to, like, left center, right, but it's, like, middle. Yeah. No, bro, this ball was hit to, to left, left, left center. Like, it was way more left. Soto 
it's a way easier like spot for Soto to get it, right? Grisham busts ass, gets all the way over there, and Soto's like flying around in the sun, just lands and like gets in Grisham's way, so Grisham can't catch it. And he like jumps out of the way, kind of, and then it just lands in between us, like, dude. It was like it was bad because it's like, dude, first of all, you have no range. You couldn't get there. And Grisham's literally going like way across the field to get that. It was just, it was bad. It was, it was an awful play. Um, and then JDS, yeah, Tatis has a brother, uh, Elijah Tatis is his little brother. Uh, but he's not. He uh, hasn't really found the player. same, the no. same footing in the MLB or same success. And I think he's, I think he, he, is he older or younger? Younger. Did we sign him? Uh, I thought I remember seeing articles thinking about signing him, but I don't think he did. He was on the White Sox too, I believe. I don't know. If he, he has a state. he has a career he has a career one forty average and like three hundred OPS in rookie ball. So, and he's like really small too. But yeah, all right, guys. Uh, I don't think we're gonna have anything out tomorrow, but Tuesday we're definitely gonna get a video out. Not sure what the topic is. We'll have a video out and then. We'll be back uh, on Wednesday, too, to stream. So that'll be fun as well. Um, maybe right after the game, maybe a little bit later. Not sure. I'll, I'll post it earlier, and I'll, I'll tweet out and everything so you guys will know what time we're going to start. Um, and, yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. And hopefully Wednesday we're talking about a series win, not a, another conversation like this because obviously the, the series wins are a lot more fun, especially when it's against the, another playoff team. So we'll be talking to you guys all then. But have a good night, and go Padres.